Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we are performing a fundamental stock analysis of Walgreens Boots Alliance Inc., ticker symbol WBA. We're looking at Walgreens today because their stock recently hit their 52-week low at the beginning of October. The company is also a dividend aristocrat and they're very close to becoming a dividend king. They've been paying out consecutive dividend increases for each of the past 46 years, which means that they're potentially only four years away from becoming a dividend king when they would potentially have increased their dividends for each of the past 50 years as a member of the S&P 500. They'd be joining other dividend king businesses such as Target, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, and Johnson & Johnson, a very select group of companies. Currently, Walgreens is trading for $35.52 per share. Over the past year, their stock price is down 27.5%. Over five years, their stock price is down nearly 48%. Over 10 years, their stock price is down about 6%. Not a, lot, not a lot of movement in their stock price over this time. And however, going back prior to the global financial crisis, Walgreens stock price is down 21% nearly over the last 18 years. So keep in mind that these returns are not including their dividends. Walgreens is currently paying out a 5.5% dividend yield, which is well above that of an S&P 500 ETF right now. So over this time, because of their consecutive dividend increases, real returns to shareholders have been positive, even as their stock price has gone down. Walgreens is trading about $5 over their 52-week low, which is down more than $20 from their 52-week high. A little under 3% of their shares outstanding are currently sold short, and Walgreens is a large business. They have a $30 billion market cap. For more background about the company, Walgreens Boots Alliance is a leading retail pharmacy chain with about 13,000 stores in the United States and internationally. Walgreens' core strategy involves brick-and-mortar retail pharmacy locations in high-traffic areas, with nearly 80% of the U.S. population living within 5 miles of a store. Currently, the company has a leading share of the domestic prescription drug market at about 20%. In 2021, the company sold a majority of its Alliance Healthcare Wholesale business to Amerisource Bergen for $6.5 billion, doubling down on its core pharmacy efforts and ventures in strategic growth areas in primary care through Village MD and digital offerings. The company also has equity stakes in Amerisource Bergen at 29%, and Sino Pharmacy holding Gorda Drugstore with 40% equity. Walgreens Boots Alliance was founded in 1901 and is based in Deerfield, Illinois. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the Select 6 analysis, taking a checklist-style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Walgreens based off of their business fundamentals. This analysis will continue to evolve and improve and get better over time. It's still a work in progress, and it's an opportunity to learn in public. So with that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. There are a couple of reasons for this. The first is that the average publicly listed business only earns about a 7% return on capital. And the second is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is going to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these underlying business returns are captured by return on capital here. So by asking for averages of 14% or higher, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about double that of an average company. Walgreens has seen their returns on capital decline over this time. They're almost down in all five of these years, although they did come up to just about average in 2021. Their fiscal 2022 just ended recently at the end of August, and over their last 12 months, they're only earning about a 5.3% return on capital, so that's below average. Over this time, however, they're averaging out to about 9% return on capital, which is just slightly above average, but that is below that 14% mark we're looking for, 
And so this is going to be an X to start things off on metric number one. Metric number two, here we're taking a high-level overview of the cash coming into the business. We want their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows to have grown over the last five years. So this metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are up for a check, or if even one of them is down, this entire metric will be an X. So over this time, their revenues have slightly increased. However, their earnings are slightly down. And likely most importantly, their free cash flows are down by quite a bit. Their free cash flows have declined by more than 66% over this time. And so that's not a great sign for the business because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any company. And a business can use free cash flows to make acquisitions, reinvest back in the business, pay down debt, buy back shares, or pay dividends. Ultimately, a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day, discounted back by some reasonable interest rate, is what that business is going to be worth. So it's not great to see that their free cash flows are down over this time, and that in fiscal 2022, they're the lowest they've been in any of these five years. So this is another X here on metric number two. Metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business. By looking at Walgreens on a per share basis, we want to see earnings per share growth over the last five years. So this is building off of the previous metric where we noted that their earnings were slightly down over this time. However, earnings are only the numerator in this equation. We also have to look at their shares outstanding as the denominator. So over the last five years, Walgreens has actually repurchased about 13% of their shares outstanding, which is great if you're a long-term shareholder in the business, because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that company. And so when a business is buying back shares, they're decreasing the number of shares that they have outstanding, and they're increasing your ownership percentage of the business, which is going to increase your percentage of the business's profits going forward. Ultimately, though, even with their 13% buybacks, their earnings have declined just a little bit faster than they've been able to buy back their shares. And so over the last five years, their earnings per share are actually slightly down, down from $5.05 in fiscal 2018, now to only $5.01 in fiscal 2022. So this is going to be our third X in a row, not starting off great here for Walgreens. Metric number four is going to be very similar. Here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. Again, we learned that in metric number two, their free cash flows are down by more than 66% over this time. And even though they've been buying back shares, their free cash flows per share are also going to be down over this time, down from about $7 per share in fiscal 2018 to just $2.50 per share in fiscal 2022. So this is yet another X on metric number four. We're still looking for our first check on Walgreens. Next up for metric number five, we want their net debt, which is long and short-term liabilities minus cash and short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that the company has brought in over the past five years. This will help us evaluate how Walgreens is utilizing leverage as ultimately we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. So Walgreens packed on quite a bit of debt in their fiscal 2020. Since then, they've been paying down this debt. Currently, they have about $34 billion in that debt. And over this last five-year period, they've only produced $21 billion of free cash flow. So there's a $13 billion gap between what their net debt is currently and where their free cash flows have been over the past five years. And it's not a great sign to see their cash flows decreasing over their last 12 months either. You'd want to understand exactly what this debt was coming from and learn how it's structured, learning both its rates and when it matures. So ultimately, that'll help you come to a better understanding of the business and really better inform you if this is really an issue or not for Walgreens. But it looks like Walgreens is more highly levered than what we would ideally look for. And this is yet another X on metric number five. We are 0 for 5 through our first five metrics on Walgreens. 
For our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flows to their total enterprise value to give us a yield above 5%. If this is the case, this will give us a slight risk premium to the rate of the 10-year treasury and give us a reason to be potentially interested in the business. So we're using their total enterprise value here because it's going to give us a picture of their economic reality that's more similar to as if Walgreens was a private business by taking into account both their market cap and their net debt position. So we learned that over the past five years, Walgreens has produced $21 billion of free cash flow. That means that in an average year over this time, Walgreens is producing about $4.3 billion of free cash flow. And currently they have a total enterprise value of $69 billion. So when we divide their $4.3 billion of average free cash flows by their $69 billion total enterprise value, that gives us an average free cash flow to total enterprise value yield of 6.2%. So that's actually above what we were looking for. That's about two percentage points higher than where the 10-year treasury is at right now. And this is going to be our first on Walgreens here, coming all the way at the end on metric number six. Walgreens narrowly avoids going 0 for 6 on our analysis because on an average basis, it does look like their cash flows have historically been attractive to what their total enterprise value is today. It's worth being aware of, however, that over their last 12 months, Walgreens has only produced $2.2 billion of free cash flow. So to get a current free cash flow to total enterprise value for the business, when we divide their $2.2 billion of their last 12 months of free cash flow by their $69 billion total enterprise value, that only gives us a 3.2% current free cash flow to total enterprise value yield. So again, that's both below where the 10-year treasury is at and below that 5%. So it's more likely that economic reality is somewhere between the two of these measures for Walgreens. Then finally, one of the reasons we were looking at Walgreens is because they've had 46 years of consecutive dividend increases. They are almost a dividend king, and currently they're paying out a 5.5% dividend yield which is quite a high yield relative to a lot of other companies in the market today. But it's really easy to make mistakes by either blindly chasing dividend yield or blindly chasing dividend track records. So instead, it's important to look at a company's fundamentals and understand if those dividends are well supported by either their earnings or their cash flows, depending on the type of business. For Walgreens, we want their dividends to be supported by their cash flows. So here we're taking a look at their dividend profile. They've increased their dividends per share just very slightly, very slowly, but surely over the past five years. And in all five of these years, even with their pretty reduced amount of free cash flow that they brought in in fiscal 2022, they produced enough free cash flows to support this dividend payment. It's worth being aware that the company, given their high debt loads, would likely need their cash flows to pick back up again in order to be able to support both further dividend increases that are meaningful going forward into the future and to support paying back their debt over time. So really for most businesses, their abilities to pay out increasing dividends are going to depend on where their cash flows go. This seems like it would especially be the case going forward on Walgreens. Then finally here, we're using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for Walgreens. So starting with an average of their free cash flows coming in right at about $4 per share, Worth noting that this is a full dollar and a half over where their cash flows are at currently. So assuming they're able to get back to a baseline here and then projecting those out using growth assumptions for the business that are based off of their historical abilities to grow their free cash flows over time. So historically dating back all the way to 1990, Walgreens has been able to grow their free cash flows at a rate of about 8.4% annually. So assuming that growth is able to continue over the next 10 years, and then using a terminal growth stage for the next 10 years out into the future, so projecting 20 years in total, where their free cash flows only grow at a rate of 4% annually. If we add in their tangible book value today, then it would seem that based off of today's prices, you could reasonably expect about a 14% rate of return going forward from Walgreens. 
So again, these are based off these historical growth assumptions, and this is using an average of their free cash flows to start. So this is not actually where their free cash flows are at currently. Also, this 14% annualized return would be including their dividends that they're paying out. And again, they're currently paying out about a 5.5% dividend yield. Using a starting point of their free cash flows today and using these same historical growth assumptions under the same terms, then that paints a different picture for us going forward. From today's prices, you'd be able to reasonably expect about an 8% rate of return going forward on Walgreens if these assumptions are accurate and potentially applicable for a baseline estimated projection of Walgreens going forward into the future. If you were looking for a 10% rate of return from today's cash flows and these same growth assumptions, it looks like a potential fair value for the business is around $30 per share. So you'd have to be patient and wait for the stock price to decline by about $5.50 here. That fair value is actually approximately what their 52-week low was just earlier in October. So please be aware that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered financial and legal professionals. So in summary, Walgreens narrowly escaped going 0 for 6 on our analysis. They just managed to get a check on our final metric where a historical basis for their free cash flows look attractive compared to their current enterprise value. The company does produce slightly better than average returns on capital, although they've been below average over their last 12 months and over their last fiscal year. While the company has managed to slightly grow revenues, their earnings are down and their free cash flows are down quite a bit over their last 12 months. They have managed to buy back about 13% of their shares outstanding over the past five years. And we also learned that relative to their free cash flows, it does look like the company's employing quite a bit of debt in their business. So to better understand the company and how they're navigating this debt going forward, you just want to understand how that's structured, how that relates to their core business, why they took it on, when it matures, and what rate those debts are actually at. Again, based off of their low cash flows over the last 12 months, it looks like their current free cash flow to enterprise value is below the rate of the 10-year treasury. Then looking at their dividend profile, while they are pretty close to potentially becoming a dividend king, and they are paying out a 5.5% dividend yield, it would seem like there are competing interests for the company's cash flows, and that unless they were able to increase their cash flow significantly, a lot of their cash flows would have to be devoted to paying down their debt to be in a more manageable position in the future, meaning that any potential increases to their dividend would be just marginal at best. Companies with this long of track records are often under some pretty heavy incentives to keep their dividend payments going, especially as they have more institutional shareholders. So that's something to potentially be mindful for for Walgreens. Then performing a discounted cash flow analysis of the business based off of their historical abilities to grow their free cash flow since 1990, which are assumptions that you need to either confirm or disconfirm for yourself whether those are going to be potentially applicable going forward into the future for Walgreens. Then using their average free cash flows, if the company is able to return to those baselines and continue growing their free cash flows, then it looks like the company could potentially be attractive going out over the next 20 years. But there's a different picture painted if we use their current free cash flows as a starting point, where it looks like a potential reasonable fair value for the business at around a 10% rate of return would be just about $30 per share. So that's nearly what Walgreens reached as their 52-week low in early October. So through deeper research into the business, you can understand if that's applicable or not and potentially be patient waiting for Walgreens to hit your required prices. So it's worth reiterating that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered financial and legal professionals. Instead, this analysis serves as a holistic and beginning understanding of Walgreens Boots Alliance, 
to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about the business. If you're interested in learning more about Walgreens, I'd highly recommend reading through the company's filings. You can read through their 10Ks to get a history of the business and their operating results. Management will also lay out some of the potential risks that the company faces, and you'll get a better understanding of both the competence and character of management as you read through those 10Ks. And then you can also follow that up with some of their proxy reports to understand in more depth what incentives are for management. When you're finished with that, you can also read through their 10Qs, as well as some of their recent quarterly earning call transcripts, where some of the Q&A questions could especially be interesting to read about in an evolving environment for Walgreens. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct your research as if you're going to own 100% of a business, and you can truly understand all of its ins and outs and understand the underlying essence of the company. Through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of Walgreens as a business and be able to come to your own approximation of Walgreens' intrinsic value. With that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Walgreens Boots Alliance, Inc., ticker symbol WBA. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Walgreens with me, and have a great day.